Welcome to a social ramble. And hello and welcome back to a social ramble. It's lovely to be back. My name is Dylan and Mark is around here somewhere. Where are you at, Mark? I'm here, brother. How are you? It's good to see you again. Wasn't sure if you were coming back this time. It's good to it's good to have you back. Tell me, who do we have today? Well, let me ask you. Since we're a semi Maryland based show for now, uh, mm-hmm. have, have you ever been to the Maryland Renaissance Festival? No, but Jen is desperate to get me there. She knows I like to dress up and stuff. So, well, I think she's... you will love it, and we are going to go when it comes. Okay, promise. Promise. Okay. One of the things that they have at the Renfest, Renfest is what the cool kids call it, and I always am amazed and blown away and have to watch every single time, is blacksmithing. Mm-hmm. Dylan, have we ever had a blacksmith on the show? Have I ever met a blacksmith, mate? Have you? Blacksmithing. Let right. me have a think. And, you know, like, I come from a country, I grew up in Wales, so we have a lot of traditions and we have a lot of places that, uh, that still do that stuff, but um, it seems to be more of a touristy thing. So I don't know what experience I have in blacksmithing, mate. Tell me we have a blacksmith coming on. It's very possible. (laughs) She's a teacher. She's a teacher. She's an artist. And she's, in my opinion, a really neat person. Neat? Neat. If she listens to this, she's not going to be happy with that, mate. Miss Caitlin from Miss Caitlin's School of Blacksmithing. Are you there? I certainly am. It's an honor to be here. How are you? Thank, Thank you for coming. Well... This is this is new. This is fantastic. I mean, there's definitely been a theme to the show so far, so I'm definitely up for finding out more about this. Um, I'm based in Frederick, Maryland, right in the downtown area. Um, and I've been teaching there uh, for the last, gosh, I think it's been eight years, um, full-time teaching. Wow. Teaching blacksmithing, right? Yep. Well, well you, said, you said eight or nine years. Let's back up real quick, eight or nine years. Let me just tell a very quick story. <clears throat> I was attending a vocational school in Frederick um, for welding. And uh, there was about 19 or 20 other young men right out of high school. And I was the older guy. And um, <laughs> all of a sudden, this chick starts welding circles around absolutely everybody in that class. And I was like, holy shit, who is this? So I befriended <laughs> her. And Miss Caitlin and I go back eight or nine years. and. Uh, I was always fascinated that she was so into blacksmithing, so I'm really happy I could have her here today. Can I ask, are you, are you actually going to get away with calling her a chick? She's a blacksmith, I, I, man. I, I, got, I got previous permission. You did? <laughs> I hope so. I don't get any more. These letters are coming through thick and fast now, dude. <laughs> Wait for these emails, right? <laughs> I used well, to have a handle I, that was Chick Smith, I think. So uh, nice, it nice. is pretty unusual uh, still um, to be uh, female in blacksmithing these days. So uh, it definitely is one of the attributes that has made me a bit unusual in the field. Unusual now, maybe, but hopefully more people like this will just Absolutely. make it a norm, right? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. We'll get into it. I've got a couple of questions about that later in the show. I really um, want to hear I'll about... Shut the fuck up then. Uh, that's basically what I was saying. Okay, carry on. <clears throat> Miss Caitlin, can you tell us about why blacksmithing? What, what drew you to blacksmithing? Oh, gosh, that's a really great question. Um, I first had the inkling that I wanted to try blacksmithing way, way, way back in 2009. Um, I decided that I needed a hobby. And so I wrote down all the things I wanted to learn how to do. Um, I happened to be doing this at my desk job at the time, uh, wrote it all down in Microsoft Excel. Um, and Microsoft Excel has this little option um, where you can press a little button and it will alphabetize a list for you. And so I wrote down all the things I wanted to learn how to do and then pressed the little <laughs> button to alphabetize the list. B. And Blacksmithing snapped up to the top of the list because it's a B. Fantastic. <laughs> It ended up on the list to begin with because my folks had been stationed in Europe way before I was born and took all sorts of pictures of the ornamental ironwork um, all over the place in Europe. And so I grew up looking at those pictures and thought it was pretty neat, but didn't see any of that in my world. And as a result, I didn't think that there were any blacksmiths left. And so when I sat there that day and I, you know, 
had blacksmithing as the top of the list of things that I wanted to do, I figured there was like, you know, one guy left somewhere. Um, and I did a Google search for it and happened to find the John C. Campbell Folk School in Brestown, North Carolina, um, as the first hit um, on my Google search. And mm -hmm. I... I'd, I was like, this is actually pretty crazy because the classes there are a week long and uh, it was like a 10 and a half hour drive for me and oh, you Jesus. Know, the, the cost of everything. I was like, this is super crazy. I want a hobby, but like this is going to involve a week's vacation, you know? And, yeah, you uh, need to be getting paid for something like that, really, to right? be honest, you know? <laughs> so I, I literally shut down my computer and like, headed out as if to go to lunch and I made it out into the hallway and I was like hey if I want to live a life of adventure I have to actually go on adventures <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I went back in and signed up for the class and took the class and absolutely fell in love with it so that is um, freaking awesome I'm glad you got up and just went for it otherwise so you traveled all that way for it then right <laughs> yes yep the whole way. And it was, it was a, it was an enormous leap because everybody I talked to, I was like, I'm going to go take this week's vacation and go learn blacksmithing. And they were all <laughs> like, what? Uh... <laughs> that? Like what purpose does that serve? And over the years, it's been really interesting. Uh, there've been so many people that I've told, you know, that I do blacksmithing or that I teach blacksmithing. And it feels like there's two types of people there's the folks that are immediately excited about it. And then there are the folks that are like, but why? <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. it's such a cool thing, though. I get it. it. Yeah. It has that whole, it has the whole, yes, that's very cool with the retro aspect, but the whole reason for the retro aspect is it, it was such a cool art back then, but still now, and it's being, it's being brought forward by people like Caitlin. Well, Too many of these things get lost. Not only know, keeping because, it alive, like I was going to say, but fl it's flourishing. It's flourishing, mm -hmm. but there's, there's less, we could talk AI, we could talk like machines that build cars and stuff like this. We're not far off us just, have you seen that movie? Um, what's that little robot, Wally? -E? Yes, 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 yes. Where they're all in the spaceship, you know? And, and they're, they're in, the in the chairs and they got the TVs and, and the straws. And they got no bones right, left. Right, right, right. Yeah wouldn't it be a shame and it's such a fantastic thing that we have people with heart who want to bring that bring things back or keep things keep going things alive for sure keep right. it alive yeah uh yeah. caitlin could you could you tell us how you went from your class that you went to to how you started teaching your own classes well that's a really great question um yeah, so the thing about that first class that I took was that I was really, really bad at it. <laughs> I mean, I was really substantially bad at it, so bad at it that, like, I remember distinctly having this moment where my teacher and the resident artists were having this little conference, like trying to figure out what I could do, right? Um, like, the project they could I've been in so many meetings like that. Might, yeah, I might stand a chance at being successful at. And um, it was, it, I mean, it's such a humbling craft to get started in um, for a lot of people, especially me. I mean, I had no background in this at all. And so uh, I, I took that class and I took another, like I just kept um, signing up for classes. And at a certain point, you know, I'm, I'm kind of running out of money here, right? And yeah. it takes a lot of equipment to be able to do the thing. And that equipment tends to be heavy and oftentimes expensive or hard to come by, right? And so I needed yeah. to find a place that I could go to practice at ah. a really cost-effective way. And it turns out that there's a, a blacksmith guild in Arlington, which is reasonably close, but also given the DC traffic, not super close. And so well, not I was enough to visit as much as you wanted to, I'm sure. Unless you're right. going at three yeah. o'clock in the morning, yeah. <laughs> So I was going down there. They had these guild meetings, but also they had open forge time. And so, so long as there was somebody there with me, that was the rule. There had to be somebody there with me. 
So in case somebody got injured, there was somebody to call 911. But Dylan, somebody Dylan, works there, right? Dylan, for you, that'd be adult supervision. <laughs> yeah, I'm used to that. I'm used to that. So and, for me, I couldn't guarantee that there would be somebody down there. And that meant that I was bringing my friends with me. And of course, none of my friends knew how to blacksmith. And so I was basically kidnapping them. Like, you get me <laughs> so, Sit there, like, sit there with your cell phone with 9-1 already in the phone. Yeah, just get ready. So yes. it didn't have to be so it didn't have to be somebody experienced who worked there. You just have to have somebody with you. Yeah. You could and grab a homeless person or something and just I bring them in. I could have. But I, I brought so many people down there. And, you know, most of them, like, nobody knew how to do any blacksmithing. And so, you know, it's a long drive. And then I want to sit there and and play in the fire. And so I wanted them to have a good time as well. So I started teaching them how to do the things I knew how to do. And it was really interesting because by stepping into that teaching mode with my friends, um, you know, even if I didn't really know how to do what I was teaching them, I could see when things weren't working out for them. And I could see ways that they might be able to like tweak things just a little bit to get more success. And so I really so you, actually started- You were secretly teaching, teaching already. <clears throat> yeah, Natural born teacher, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Into the process, yeah. And what's so interesting about that, and I like I obviously didn't plan this, but what's so interesting about that is that so many people get into teaching blacksmithing and craft, I think, in general, when they're already pretty good at it, right? Because like who's who's foolish enough to start teaching when they've only been at it for years, right? Well, well, I when am you're professional. It um, comes naturally. You know, it <laughs> looks like it's natural, but it took years and years and years and years of practice. Yeah. Well, and so what ends up happening is that when you're already good at something and then you go back and you try to teach somebody who doesn't know anything, you forget a lot of the steps in between because those steps in between are sort of stepping stones. They're not the destination. And so when you're an experienced blacksmith, that stuff is taking up precious resources in your brain. And so you just forget it and, you know, retain the stuff that does work. Um, but you often yeah, don't yeah. Get, retain you gotta get, the information you got to get rid of the health and safety. Yeah, you got to get rid of the health and safety. It takes way too long. And then just <laughs> you got to get to the fun stuff, you know, when you're experienced, right. obviously. <laughs> That's not that's not Ramblers health and safety first. That's what we're saying, right? This Mark? is for entertainment purposes only. Entertainment <laughs> purposes only. Never take our medical advice. So you're down there trying to get some time in. You have to bring friends with you. So you decide, well, I'm gonna get these people interested whether they want to be or not. And you <laughs> find out that you're actually a fantastic teacher that doesn't care about health and safety or doesn't care about <laughs> The safety of anybody around them, but as long as you're enjoying the fire, is that is that, is, is that about right? Oh yeah, that sounds entirely accurate. Um, you yeah, know, that sounds like it, me. It's actually really funny because um, I I definitely don't think I was a good teacher at that time. Um, certainly, none of the people that I dragged down there with me have become full time blacksmiths. So I'm not really sure what what happened, but um, it, it certainly no, but they're sacrificing. Their sacrifices have got you to where you are now. So I think it's I think it's wonderful that they well, gave you were learning time. to be a teacher in addition to learning blacksmithing, and it's you didn't true. even know it. Yeah, it's that's true. great. <clears throat> so from there, Caitlin, how did you end up where you are with the school? Well, um, when I finished taking that first class, by the time I finished taking that first class, I had already decided that I really wanted to, um, I wanted to become a blacksmith, like professionally, I wanted to quit my job and become a blacksmith. That was right there from that first class. That's awesome. Um, I also wanted to create a folk school in Frederick because I loved the folk school atmosphere at John C. Campbell, but um, did not feel like driving 10, 11 hours uh, sure. every time I right. experience it. Um, and I thought Frederick would be a really great place for the folk school. 
Um, What's a folk school, guys? What's a folk school? That's a great question. Um, a folk school is um, is a a place where you can go and learn things that you want to learn. <laughs> um, is is probably the best way that I have of explaining it. There's no grades. You're just there learning stuff because you want to learn stuff. It's a little okay. bit like a community college, but you're not getting graded on it. You you take from it what you have earned. Mm-hmm. It's more like when you when you grow up in a in a small community, you 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 find things you're interested in, and you just start doing it. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's I think it's, the learning experience is absolutely magical because nobody's sitting there trying to push you to do you know particular things. It's all self driven, and if you don't want to do it you don't have to do it right it it's it's yeah. you're you're getting out of it what you put into it and i think it's a really so there's no, <clears throat> that's great so there's nobody saying oh there's a quiz in the morning make sure you spend your entire right. evening yeah okay huh. sounds all fucking awesome i think we should be doing this mate it does sound cool we should uh we should do a mandate and go check it out so do do people get you do people get to see your work at the Renfest, how do they? Uh, I, I mean, you say blacksmithing, right? That opens up a whole picture of me of like a bunch of guys in like a semi-dark room wearing leather aprons with fire everywhere. Do you actually make stuff that you show or sell, or what? What? How's that work? Especially so with the Renfest, because I'm I'm really interested in that stuff. Really great. Yeah. No, your your impression of the craft is fairly accurate. Um, I. <laughs> I am not- I am not affiliated with the Renfest, although there are some amazing blacksmiths that are there. Um, and a lot of folks uh, sort of get interested in blacksmithing through the Renfest. Um, mm. I'm not one of them. Um, but uh, you can see some of my work on my website, on my social media. Um, uh, my primary focus uh, has been for the last seven, eight years um, in building and developing my curriculum. And so my my personal art practice has been a little bit, I'd say a little bit backburnered because I've been nerding out at a very seriously high level about um, the skills involved in uh, getting somebody who is brand new to the craft up and running as quickly as possible. So you're That's all awesome. about the teaching. You're all about giving it back. You learn something, you want to fire it right back out there. That's what you're doing, huh? That's what I'm doing primarily. I, I have been shifting in the okay. last couple of months uh, back towards making some of my own art. But, um, you know, the, the primary thrust of what I've been doing has been teaching, like living and breathing the teaching yeah. aspect of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know a little bit about um, you from your from your pre-show um, form, which you filled out. This isn't your only thing, is it? It's it's you're very much a human's human. You're very much here to help. Um, you were sent down from wherever we come from, and can you tell us a little bit about your? You know, you're very much into mental health too, which goes hand in hand with what you're doing, like you know, creativity and helping people find outlets and doing what they want to do and things like that. But you're very much for the people. Can we drift into that a little bit, like? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So uh, I struggled massively with my mental health. Um, It was a really brutal time of my life. And Mm -hmm. uh, what I have noticed about um, the process of being a maker, of being an artist, of teaching and connecting with people is that when I'm doing any of those things, I am not in a state of suffering. <laughs> my, no. my brain is in a flow state. I am, I am happy and open and, um, you know, basically having the time of my life. And so from the mental health perspective, just noticing how the people around me who are in that craft or art world um, in that maker uh, community, um, how 
really the the mental health piece of it is is deeply intertwined with that um absolutely and, is sorry no no sorry there is there is something so magical about creating with your own hands no i'm very very impressed uh, I, everyone has their own levels of let's say mental issues um up up down left right we're all over the place sometimes but um what uh, the kind of thing you're doing i like to do a bit of graphic design and stuff everyone thinks i should do something with it i've tried to do things with it it, it kind of ends up with me always working for somebody and then it turns into a job and then it turns into no i don't want to do this anymore and you every hate time it. I get, absolutely. It, absolutely yeah i hate it Every time I get back into it and I just do it for friends and family or a project yeah. that Mark and I are working on or something, I love it. I love it. I'm helping. Yeah. I'm doing something. Not quite in your scale, but I totally understand. You feel, we can all feel like we're stagnant. We don't know what's coming next. You seem like a very intelligent person. And the problem with intelligent people is we think. And we think way too much. What do you we mean get we? Lost. Well, maybe not you, Mark. <laughs> I won't lump you in with the rest of us. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, though? It's like oh, we can absolutely. get stuck, really stuck. But when you get to give something back, mm -hmm. it sparks something and you you get addicted to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Dylan, back to my question that you railroaded. <clears throat> Miss well, Caitlin, you railroaded Caitlin now. Can you Jesus, tell us about your school? To get some words in. So one of the things that ends up happening in the teaching environment. The teaching environment is an extremely rarefied space um, where mm. in order for somebody to learn something, um, they have to be vulnerable. And there's a trust relationship with your teacher. Um, yeah. Maybe not one that you're fully aware of, maybe not one that um, feels really important to you, depending upon how close you are with the teacher or whatever. Um, but mm -hmm. what's so interesting is that I get so many folks who come in who have all of these pieces uh, or, or things to say about whether or not they're able to be creative, right? They have those creativity wounds, right? They've uh, they've been told at some point that they're not good at something. Um, they've yeah, internalized that yeah. idea, yeah. And so it's so interesting because I have these moments where I get to challenge those internal narratives, where I get to. Um, invite people to try something even if they're convinced that they absolutely cannot do it and on top of all of that a lot of the time that things are difficult for us from a mental health perspective or from just a making perspective a lot of the times the reason that things are difficult for us is because it's actually especially difficult for us like one of the challenges that i had getting into blacksmithing is that I'm a smaller human than most of the humans mm. doing right, blacksmithing. Right, right. And so the tools are not built for me. Like most people come in and they can handle a taller anvil and a heavier hammer. I'm just not built that way. And so I thought I wasn't strong enough. I thought I wasn't, you know, ever going to be good at this craft. And it took me longer to do the thing because of the fact that I had to figure out for myself that the tools were wrong. I had to figure out for myself that I had barriers that my teachers didn't even acknowledge. And so to, to have somebody who's right there with you going, hey, I bet that this is especially challenging for you because the hammer that you've got in your hand is extra special heavy. Um, especially for you. Or, hey, maybe it's because your anvil's set at the wrong height, so you're not quite getting enough out of each hammer swing, right? And so if you've got somebody who can take a look and just really see what sorts of barriers you're coming up against, it's so much, like, it's, it's such a revelation to be like, mm -hmm. oh, actually, this is especially challenging for me. And if I just have a little bit of help, it's all going to be okay. 
And it doesn't mean that I'm bad at this. It just means that it's going to take a few extra steps to get me to the place where I can succeed in this. And the beauty. Yes. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say. Rewarding experience to, uh, to be able to be that person for somebody else. The beauty of that is we have plenty of teachers who teach things. And it's wonderful. And I think I was shown this recently, which is a shame. Sometimes you come across a teacher who's been in the game too long and they've lost something there. What you're doing is you're looking at it in a multifaceted way. You're not just, I can see now you, you, you're not just a blacksmith. You are a teacher. And the beauty of you is you've had to go through a certain amount of struggles, but pushed on with absolutely no, should I be quitting this because I'm smaller, because I'm not, you know, traditional and stuff that, but you're like, okay, let's just figure this out. And the beauty is, is you get to pass that on right to people who come in and say, well, I'm a little smaller, I'm a little taller, I'm a little worried that I can't do this or this. And you're there to say, well, let's figure it out. You know, step one, what's step one? And you just go through it. I think you'll find that there's a lot of, let's say, teachers in in quotations that um, that don't have that, so they don't get the the positive result at the end. I guess is what I was trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the really fascinating aspects of it is that um, you know when I was going through this process of um, of learning how to teach my craft. Um, there's, a, there's a really interesting point that you almost inevitably hit, which is that all of your best techniques, invariably, you'll have a student that none of those best techniques work for. And mm-hmm. you start questioning whether you're really doing anything, right? And what's interesting about it is that I, I've met some of those teachers who have just kind of shut down where they're just like, yeah, I'm not really sure I'm doing anything. I'm not really sure what I'm doing here. Um, you know, I want to teach, I want to teach other people or I want to like not be exposed to that level of discomfort in my own field. Right. Um, but what I've found over and over again is that when I have a student who my techniques aren't working for, it always ends up absolutely blowing my mind at some point because it turns out that that student happens to, you know, have this particular challenge that I didn't even notice, right? Um, for example, I have, um, I have a, a, a dearly beloved student who um, has non-stereoscopic vision, which is to say um, his eyes are both um, looking in slightly different directions, right? Oh, and so man. Typically, typically for us, um, our, both of our eyes are looking, you know, at, at, at one thing and our brains knit together those two images to create this, um, you know, impression of a 3D world around us, right? Yes. Um, but he's getting two separate views of, of the world. And that means that depth perception is especially challenging. And so when he first came into my, um, my shop, uh, you know, I set him on the, you know, the standard, uh, um, path of like, okay, so here's the first exercise that we're going to do. And there was something that just wasn't working and, you know, and I'm, I'm reassuring him that, you know, it's okay. We can take as long as we want on this, you know, but what was happening for me is I was like, I'm a terrible teacher. You know, it immediately went back yeah. to me, right? Um, of course, but yeah. It was so interesting because I was able to stick with it. And after a little while, we started talking about what he was experiencing. And he slowly started to tell me that he had some depth perception challenges. And we were able to figure out together ways that we could um, help him to get 
an, a better understanding of what was happening. Because see, the challenge is, if you don't have good depth perception, um, it might be the case that um, the part of the metal that you have to hit, when you you find that spot that you have to hit, and then you've run mm-hmm. out of heat, so you've got to put it back in the fire, you lose control of it when it's back in the fire. So when you pull it back out again, you've got to spend precious time finding that spot again. And when you've got mm-hmm. depth perception, you can just kind of roll it around and get hints about where that metal needs to be hit, even if you don't find the exact spot right away, right? But he was having to memorize what it looked like before oh, he wow. put it in forge when he pulled it back out again he'd have to rotate it around until it actually matched up what he remembered right this is an incredibly laborious process but it turns out that we can solve this process really easily by simply marking the piece of metal with a piece of um, charcoal so that when he pulled it out he could just look for the mark and know oh, that he great. was at the end of it right so there's all sorts of ways that we can get past these barriers but notice the mental health piece that comes up first for both teacher and student, right? The I'm not good at this part of it, right? But this one student, he's been working with me for years now, has been one of the single most exciting things to happen to my school in years because I learn something from him every time he comes in. Um, and it helps me to be a better teacher for other folks. And since uh-huh. then, many other folks that have had depth perception challenges. Um, and it's been, it's been great because I've, I've actually learned how to work, um, you know, with those specific challenges that came up. And so a couple of years ago, I ended up having, um, you know, one of the classes that I was teaching at John C. Campbell, um, you know, the, the registrar called up and said, we've got a parent whose son wants to come in and he's, he's legally blind. What do you want to do? And I was like, Psh, if he wants to do blacksmithing, wow. get him there. And so, you know, we, we made, um, we made resources available to him so that, you know, in the event that he needed some additional support, um, somebody was there to help him out. But um, this legally blind kid actually forged for the entire week without needing uh, pretty much any additional support. And what's so funny about that is that we think legally blind, we think not getting any uh, information in at all. Um, But in fact, he was able to do pretty much everything that um, was required of him to do the craft. It just took a little bit longer, right? Now this is, excuse me, I was coughing. This is um, this is my point about. You sound like a wonderful teacher, and I use the word teacher specifically because I believe there's plenty of teachers who were teachers once, but now they're just someone who goes to work. Um, they don't look for solutions anymore. They read. A curriculum. Read, repeat, read, repeat, right. Read, repeat. I don't learn that way. <laughs> I don't either. I, Mark doesn't learn that way. It sounds like you're the kind of person that learns with hands-on too. And the more and more people learn that way. Thank you so much. Now, it sounds cheesy, but thank you so much for doing what you're doing. You're putting, always looking for the for the envelope, which you can bend, or the adaptation, which needs to be added to make a difference to someone's life so that they go home at the end of the day is like, well, I didn't think I could do that. Well, I was just going to say, you, you, you first look down on yourself thinking you're a, a bad teacher, but when you think about it, you're really pulling tools from your own handbag, your own tool bag, and able to solve these problems as and they happen on, in real time. Adding on to what Mark just said, including myself, there's, there's people who want to do good, right? Who want to do these things, but they reach the point where they're like, I can't really do this. And that's it. There's a lot of times in my life I wish I'd continue. I love where I am now. Don't get me wrong. I have a, I have a wonderful life. And it's, 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 it's all by chance. It's great. I've got great friends. I've got a great wife and great kids. But there's a lot of things I think 
I quit that way too quickly. And I could have helped some people and I could have, I could have done this. I could have done that. But we, we grow up and we learn. And as we learn and we make our mistakes, then we reach a stage in life where we're like, yeah, I don't really care if I can't. If someone tells me I can't do that, I now want to know why they think I can't do that. And I'll tell you what, if it means me standing in a square in a city, but naked to prove that I could do something, I will. And Mark knows that's true. Producer Jen knows that's true. That's true. I've reached a stage in my life now. I was like, okay, why are you saying I can't do that? Because now I really, really, really want to do it. And it sounds like you're that kind of person. And there's not enough. We Absolutely. need more. We need more Caitlin's need in the more. world. Thank you. Caitlin, I appreciate can I you. ask you? Sure. You're very, well, very we, you are so appreciated. And, um, <laughs> We're, we all do our little things. Mark, Mark does stuff right to help society. He he helps them forget things. And uh, <laughs> but, uh, Caitlin, we all do. While, while we're on the subject, hey, uh, can you tell us where you hope this takes you in the future with your blacksmithing? I read your uh, your uh, pre-show form, and and I like I really liked your answer. Where you hope this would take everything in the future? Could you could you fill us in a little bit on that? That's a great question. I, I, I would love to remember what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe it was a, a, a closer folk school that you'd like to open and start. Yes. So um, I am uh, in the process of um, expanding into um, a, a new location in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, um, continuing work in Frederick, Maryland, but opening um, a shop space in Lidditz, Pennsylvania, that will hopefully be um, effectively a craft college, um, an opportunity for um, teachers who teach blacksmithing to come and learn some of the stuff that um, I've had the opportunity to learn uh, about um, about catching those students who are sort of at risk of thinking that they just can't do this craft um, and teaching them the um, sort of the, the neural and uh, bodily kinetic uh, aspects of the craft that will help students who, um, who have challenges to be able to pick up the craft as quickly and easily as possible um that's such a wonderful thing um i i i won't mention where i work but um i work with pe- you know people with um you know uh physical and mental uh disorders of various types and things mm-hmm. like that um i um i was i was a uh direct support professional for a short while and they've They've moved me over to the uh, employment specialist side, but they are always looking to, for things, you know, to do. Uh, we have a daycare facility there, and we try and get all the clients out to do fun stuff. We go bowling and all kinds of stuff like this. Now, I'm not suggesting <laughs> that we all pile in and try out blacksmithing, but I definitely have met a few of our clients who would probably benefit oh immensely from yeah. something like like the program you're talking about. Yeah. And maybe we can talk uh, at some point after this. And um, I, I'm just, throw, you know, I'm always, I'm an ideas guy and I'm always trying to come up with stuff to, well, number one for me is to make people laugh, but number two is to make people's lives better. Number three is to make sure Mark is, uh, you know, living his life properly. But, uh, <laughs> You know, but um, you you carry on. I was just having a brain Absolutely. fart. Absolutely, no, that's that's beautiful. I, I believe it. that's and called a social ramble, there, Dylan. I think that was a little <laughs> social ramble there. There was a point to it, and the point was, um, I think what you're doing is wonderful, and it it just as we're sitting here talking, my mind is opening to what I can do at work. You I know, really, so so I really, I really like. I can the only fact thank that you. It, like we were talking about, it's not. Do it like this, and then they they do it or don't do it. Do it like this, and they do it or don't do it. I like that you are finding ways to get them to be able to do what they need to be doing, and it's as quickly and as best, obviously, as possible. I think it's great. Do you know know what's lovely is it's almost like, hey, you've come here. What can we do so that you can just have some fun today, learn what you want to learn, and just take what you want to take away from it? 
And if you want to sit in the corner, watch other people do it and have an enjoyable day. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, do it. But if you really want to get involved, you can do it or we'll make it work. And uh, that's that's can you imagine the entirety of the human society had that same philosophy? Uh, I it mean, would, it, we would, it would be great. We wouldn't even have a show anymore because everyone would just be talking like this. <laughs> doing cool things, right? Yeah. A absolute, absolute respect from the social ramble, Caitlin. You carry yeah, on, sweetheart, uh, as you were. You. As you were. Uh, to, to take this back to the Renaissance Festival for just a tick, um, I, I went to the Maryland Renfest uh, a couple years ago. And uh, of course, the, the blacksmiths there are incredible to watch. Mm -hmm. um, because so much of what I do in my teaching is teaching people how to use their bodies in a way that allows them to hit the metal hard enough to really move the metal. I was sitting there watching that uh, that big thing in the middle, the um, the the hammer challenge, where folks take the big sledgehammer right, and they try right. to hit absolutely the thing yeah. that goes up and hits the bell. You could not get me away from that. I was watching every person and trying to figure out exactly, you know, what things I might say to them to get them to be able to hit a little bit harder, right? Oh, uh, Just as a mental yeah. challenge for me, because that's what I do all day, every day in my job, right? Oh. Um, it's to teach folks what it takes to, to, to hammer in a way where... Um, they're using the big forces like gravity and inertia to actually move that material with as little effort as possible. Because one of the things that's so wild is that the more efforting folks are doing in my classroom, usually the less material they're moving, at least overall, right? There might yeah. be a couple of hits that they're getting in that are like really moving some serious material, but they're often burning out a lot faster than the folks that are just hitting with as little energy as possible, right? Um, yeah. And so to to watch that sort of experiment, at, you know, at the at the Renfest with the, that, what is that thing called? That hammer challenge, the like the sledgehammer challenge, you know what I'm talking about. And it shoots um, up and you hit yeah. the bell if you hit it. Yeah, oh, that thing. I can't remember what it's called. It's like a heavy, heavy hammer contest or whatever. Um, yeah. it, the, the, the body mechanics, I'm absolutely fascinated with it because I mean, for me, um, when I was first taught how to hammer um, in my very first classes, um, I, I literally had a teacher who, who like stood over me yelling at me to hit the metal like it owes me money, right? And like, yeah. that is the last thing that I know how to do, right? Because- I was gonna ask you, I was gonna ask you what some of the things you've had to say to people to get them in that state, because Mark and I would be really good at upsetting people to make them hit that thing. <laughs> I don't think it's hard. anger. I think it's uh, more physics and body mechanics there, Dylan. Well, there's got to be motivation, Mark. You know, you know. sometimes <laughs> if it was your head on that block, then... Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> there's some folks that respond to anger by getting really tight tight and um yeah. you know like all of this bottled up fury and there's some people that go out swinging right and yeah. i'm definitely a bottle everything up get real tight and tense and so when my teacher yelled at me to hit it as hard as possible um or to mm -hmm. hit it hit it as if it owes me money right because he was tapping <laughs> to the anger piece right and like mm -hmm. the anger piece has never been part of my experience in blacksmithing like that's just not it's not an emotion that I tap into. I'm so much more yeah. like, hey, this feels good. The thing looks good. I'm having a good time. You know, I'm more likely to be like sitting there, you know, whistling to myself or, you know, if I've got my headphones and dancing, you know, when I'm doing it. Rather <laughs> it's, it's your happy place for sure. Yeah, it's absolutely my happy place. And, you know, there have been many folks that have come through my shop that, um, have been like, all right, let's get to it. I've got some anger to get out. And I'm just like, I don't relate to that at all. <laughs> like, it's cool if that no, works for you. They need one of those, they need one of those, uh, well, 
destruction rooms. For some people, Can I say, it's headphones and hiking or headphones and walking or headphones and working out. Like I love well, to put on headphones and just work in my garden. So I totally get it. You find your happy place and that's your zen. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I was very interested in the body mechanics and too, because I can imagine throwing a hammer. Like you said, sometimes it's not the strength. It's, the, it, it's like the technique and the balance which you learn. But mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, when I was younger, I did like martial arts for like seven years or something. And it was very intensive on, you know, later on, it was very intensive on, you know, using what you've got to do more than you thought you could do, you know, yeah. and a lot it, of it, it always leads back to the fundamentals. Fundamentals. Thank you for that, Mark. That was awesome. So, um, so yeah, that is, that is super cool stuff. And, uh, Caitlin, can I ask you a question before Dylan interrupts me again? Sure. <laughs> Do you find in a male-dominated workforce like welding, blacksmithing, any vocational, that women have not only a role but, in my opinion, often outskill the men? Um, I, I would definitely say that, um, I mean, women definitely have a role. Um, uh, I thought they were chicks, Mark. <laughs> The the thing of it is, is that um, when you have a craft like blacksmithing has been for so long, that is not particularly diverse. Um, when you have a lack of diversity, it gets really scary for folks who look different or behave differently um, or have different backgrounds to break into the field it feels very Absolutely. not safe it's very change, intimidating mark right Cha mark so do you know what it is it's change mate <laughs> sorry carry on the folks that do survive in those cases oftentimes feel like they really have to prove themselves and so sure. that's when that you do get situations where you know the, the you know the the least represented person um is outrageously skilled because they feel like they have to be perfect in order to earn because they overperform the yep. underdog right and that's yep. where they turn into the hulk where the gamma rays kick in and they do better <laughs> than everyone no that's right isn't it, it yeah. the hulk is based on real science except for the gamma rays but when you need to you can rip a door off you know sort of thing when you need to when you build yourself up you can research and do more than everybody else Thinking you're going to be the same, but you end up, you know, well, you, being you like want this young more. lady here. I think you want it more, Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always want more, mate. Like a new co-host. No, but seriously, <laughs> carry on. Carry on, Caitlin. I love you, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, so the other piece of it here is the fact that um, as, I mean, in, in the course of the last, uh, I'd say, 10 years or so, um, I've seen more and more diversity in the craft. And in 2018, um, we started the Society of Inclusive Blacksmiths. And the Society of Inclusive Blacksmiths, uh, it, it was such an interesting place to start, right? Um, because we, you know, we were just a bunch of blacksmiths who were really struggling because the tooling didn't fit us and the expectation yeah. for how we were going to learn this stuff um, just didn't match what worked for us. And so we wanted to have the support of other people who knew what the struggle was like. Um, and so we got together and uh, we made a project and uh, through that process um, really spent a lot of time, you know, sitting at a conference table um, really crunching out what was needed. Um, and so we, we started the Society of Inclusive Blacksmiths. It's an organization that um, it provides um, scholarships. It provides uh, mentorship opportunities. Wow. Um, it provides a code of conduct, right? Because um, yes. all of us have pretty negative experiences uh, just being out there in the world. Um, and um, being in places where folks didn't necessarily want us to be. Um, and so Dylan, it's it, kind of like the X-Men. Well, can I just say on a serious note, where I work, um, I, I only started uh, December, 
but the amount of training that I went through, which I feel anyway, but the amount of training I went through, inclusivity being the most important word or like motto or 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 feeling is is we we forgot somewhere but everybody should be able to be included and if it takes a little bit of work for a community to redesign something to do something like that let's just get it done because there's going to be more people than you know just coming along just filling a gap there's so many gaps in society oh, and there's so many people who are too afraid because they think they're different we want different we need yeah. different we're yeah. all we're all on a spectrum somewhere right and we need the that, entire spectrum to make society work diversity is definitely a good thing absolutely yeah. inclusivity well, boom word, word of the day i have somebody that um you know pushes back on me because that happens on a fairly regular basis when they push back on me about it um one of the things that i'll bring up is, hey, I bet you want to be blacksmithing until you're really old. Like, I don't think there's like a time that you want to set down your hammer, right? And so mm -hmm. by learning techniques that can teach folks who are smaller and less strong, right? Or smaller and, you know, I mean, kids or um, folks who have limited mobility or, um, you know, difficulty with their muscles working the way that they want. If I can learn to teach people like that, all of the stuff that I learn can help you continue blacksmithing until you're so old that, you know. Right. The you you're teaching them also longevity. longevity. Right. Exactly. But, but you can only teach this stuff because you're learning from them every day. Right. The day you stop learning, which hopefully will never happen, I mean, then you end up, you know, you just encounter you just encounter situations. You're like, guys, I've been here. This is what we do, you know. And that's the whole thing about as long as you keep learning, a lot of teachers forget they're there to learn from their students. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it seems like you have a fair grasp on that, which is awesome. I am. I'm. I'm so. I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk to who I work for because I think a tour of your facility would be such a good day out or something like that. Or yeah. we're going to talk about that. Hey, Dylan, you want to hear something cool? I do. Caitlin, can you tell us about the Frederick Key? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, the um, the key that is dropped in, um, in Frederick City on New Year's Eve um, from the yeah. bridge by the, the library, the Seabird Arts Library on the Carroll Creek. Um, that's a key that I made. Um, and uh, oh. a friend of mine, um, Leonard Brown, um, uh, put all of the LED lights on it. Um, so it was sort of a collaborative effort. Um, and it was made for the Civitan um, organization, uh, which is the, the one that has organized those New Year's Eve uh, events for the last six wow. or seven years, I think. Um, so it's a, it's a great big honor. And uh, the key itself actually uh, resides in um, the Frederick Visitor Center. Um, so if folks want to see that. So we can go uh, see it. Yeah, you can go see it. It's um, gosh, I think it's. If I go in there, <laughs> oh, very if cool. If I go in there, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna, like, I know her, I know her. <laughs> You're gonna fan girl out, <laughs> Caitlin. Absolutely, Caitlin. Would weren't you just mentioned? What was it? The Frederick, um, fifty something. What was oh, that? Yeah. What was keep, that? Keep I just read about you. Spit it out. Fuck off, Mark. <laughs> C carry on the uh, 50 empowered leaders uh in, in yes Frederick. yes that's so cool i saw your picture yeah. and everything that was really cool oh, thank, you. thank you yeah it's it's a big honor it's um i i am so honored to be one of one of many <laughs> 50 people in the community um who who have been honored in this way and it's been it's been really uh, a little bit surreal to see that, you know, my little blacksmithing shop um, is appearing alongside, um, you know, these these folks that are uh, doing huge work in our community um, to make lives better. But you are too. 
We have a celebrity on here, Dylan. You're too humble. You are too humble. We're, we're sharing our crap out of all of this. We're going to put all your we'll links. We'll put everything in the, in the links in the show. Uh, I have one more question for you, Caitlin, and then uh, we, I guess we'll let you go, unless you have anything else, Dylan. What does Caitlin do for fun? Oh, God, that's a that sounds like a minefield that does, mate. <laughs> I reckon, okay, before she starts, uh, I get the feeling Miss Caitlin might be a bit of a spark plug. What, what, what do you do for fun? Well, gosh, um, that's a really great question. Right at the moment, I can't think of anything I do. Besides <laughs> blacksmithing. Um, uh, blacksmithing, for sure. Um, I, I absolutely love dancing um, and listening to music. And um, uh, yeah. gosh, what did I write down? Your Facebook, <laughs> your, your Facebook uh, banner is seems like some kind of disco. So we were hoping you're going to say oh, like disco yes. and dancing and stuff like that. Well, so, yeah, um, we were actually, checking up on you. It's it's a um, it's an art project I've been doing with my partner. Um, we are making these absolutely amazing mirror ball mobiles um, that are um, sort of combining our our joint talents. Um, he's a, um, a a metal artist as well, um, focusing more on the welding side of things, um, okay. and so okay. we've got um, these mirror balls that are all um, you know, put together with these uh, steel armatures, um, and they are the most absolutely outrageously cool, fun, um, imaginative things that I've ever done in my entire life. So, um, wow, that, that is absolutely what I'm most excited about <laughs> right now. You are just um, a multi-talented person. You just uh -huh. emit creativity. No. <laughs> What's beautiful here, Mark, is that I think she's just, I think she just put a whole bunch of brownie points on our show. So uh, we'll be able to share this places that do not let us. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> we have been kicked out of plenty of places. Uh, but that, that, is, that is awesome. Caitlin, look, we've taken up enough of your time. Thank you so much for coming on. Yes, thank you, um, thank you, thank you. It has been... You're an absolute treat, sweetheart. You really are. And I'd like to be in contact with you for actual practical reasons. <laughs> and, um, and maybe maybe we can help each other out a little bit. Um, Mark, um, do you have anything else for this for this person who we just, we've nearly taken up an hour of her time now. I'm good. Come on. Caitlin, thank you yeah. so much for your precious time. You've been way too kind with us. My pleasure. Yeah, and patient. We hope you have All a right. great night, and we will see you soon. Dylan and I are going to come out and visit you. Oh, ah. Yeah. Uh, producer Jen actually did say that uh, book tickets, book tickets. We want to go and just just book we're Caitlin, going we're going whatever Caitlin, we have to do we're going Caitlin we will put all this in the show notes but can you please tell us every single way we can find you sure um my uh my website is misscaitlinschool.com um you can find me on instagram at misscaitlinschool uh you can also find me at facebook at misscaitlinschool um and uh, i think those are the the primary ways you can reach me um of course through the show notes here would be a, a fantastic way for folks to get that link awesome well thank you so much hope you have a fantastic evening yeah <laughs> thank you very much miss caitlin it was a pleasure we'll talk, talk to you soon, soon. All right, thank you up. bye dude you've done it again haven't you I hey? got some pretty good pull with some guests, don't I? How did you pull that one out of you? <clears throat> I'm going to run out of friends here soon. We're, you know, we're running out of friends. Uh, well, uh, you keep going how you're going. I've got a couple coming up, but you keep going how you're going. I related so much on so many aspects of that. Um, I've not done blacksmithing. Tell me you don't want to go hit no, some fiery metal. No, we're hit some hot metal. Producer Jen is all over that too, man. Fantastic. Absolutely. Well, let's do it, and make sure we'll put all the uh, note, the all the uh, links in the uh, in the show notes. As we do, as we do, yeah. But um, with the mental health and stuff, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. We say this all the time, but I'm very sure we're going to be saying, uh, Miss Caitlin, would you mind coming back on? We got a lot more questions. It definitely hit home up. with you. I'm glad <laughs> to see that that it hit home with you, and a lot of things it did, came in personal, it personally with it, you. It, 
I feel like we're going to be setting up a few things and Good. maybe, you know, Fantastic. maybe helping. We'll wait till our next show, Dylan. Out. I got another great guest for you. Oh, yeah? I do. <laughs> well, keep them coming, man, because this is awesome. And I'm going to contribute one of these days. And well, it's we'll going see. to be wonderful. All right, sir. Thank you again. <laughs> do you find- Let's do it again. All, all right, right, man. All right. Bye-bye, mate. Love you. Bye. You've been listening to A Social Ramble. Join us next time.